This week on Out Now with Ernie, we are talking bad boys for life. For now on, that's how you introduce the show. That's how you do it. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello, hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 393. 393. 393 is a great palindrome. We made it to another numerical palindrome. We, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's almost as if we're fated to hit these palindromes every now and again. It, it's our last one until after episode 400, which we have no plan And then we'll wait, we'll wait for 404. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this week for episode 393, we're talking Bad Boys for Life, the mm-hmm. third entry in the Bad Boys series. And uh, joining us this week to talk Bad Boys for Life, we have... From Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he still hasn't learned the words. It's Brandon Peters. I forgot to cue up my shake your tail feather. My apologies, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> also joining us, uh, managing editor for Nerdist, Woosa. It's Todd Gilchrist. Hi, guys. It's uh, it's good to be here talking about um, the boys who are bad. <laughs> They're also what? back in town. Yes. <laughs> They do. They do come there's you go. The fourth one. Bad boys are back in town. Yeah. That, there you go. Oh, here we go. I'm sure that 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 should be a game into itself. What do we title the fourth bad boys movie? Since yeah. Bad boys for life is already taken. Hire <laughs> all of us, Sony. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Todd, Brandon, how are you both doing tonight? Terrific. Yeah, I'm great. Um, my sound occasionally drops out, so if you hear me just sort of go silent, if you're asking me a question, that might be why. Um. <laughs> But uh, but other than that, I'm 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 pretty great, quite frankly. I yeah. usually just figure someone's cussing at Abe when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's either that or you know the cops are listening in on you, Todd. You know we know that you're a hot Panamanian drug dealer. Just do it for well, fun. Uh, I am. Uh, you know I'm a big part of, um, as they say in Bad Boys, the cartels, because that's as specific as I'll ever need to be about my job. But. When um, we'll talk about how Mark Mancina's score is great to have back in this film, but uh, the when when Abe references the cops, he of course means Henry Rollins' character in Bad Boys Two specifically, like he's the one listening. One hundred percent, yeah. Only only Henry Rollins' special SWAT team that can't see with their night vision goggles. Anyway, uh, no, good to have you guys here. Of course, we're looking forward to talking about Bad Boys later as we get into all that. Let's get to some show notes. Let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, new commentary track. We are talking about Bad Boys for Life this week, and just earlier this week, and now released on iTunes, we have our commentary track for the first Bad Boys film, which, Brandon, you were a part of that one, along with a friend of the show, Scott mm-hmm. Madison. Uh, yeah, we talked all about the first Bad Boys. That was a lot of fun, a lot of cool info and shenanigans and what have you that we get into the commentaries there. So yeah, feel free to check that one out now. Scott, and, Scott was there to Leone because he didn't come back for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and I did. For life. Shenanigans and what have you? Man, you... In this economy? It... <laughs> yeah, we, we really loaded up the smorgasbord when it came to our Bad Boys commentary, let me tell you. Um, yeah, speaking of iTunes, which that commentary tracks on, you can find all of our episodes of our show on iTunes, and you can give us a rating and review by logging on to iTunes, searching for Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and giving us a, you know, write a little review and start. Give us all of those five stars. Speaking of which, Abe, we got a new iTunes review. Whoop, whoop! <laughs> You can't see it, but there's like a siren going on in my house. That's the sound of the police. 
<laughs> KRS do one. it for fun. Uh, let's see. This this one is it's from Maurice A. Jones. Uh, the title is Great Show. Maurice. <laughs> As I say, great show. It's very focused because it says Aaron gives smart, pointed reviews of films and feeds your hunger for film criticism. Also, Abe. <laughs> I wish also, said also Abe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I, I yeah. It, it... Uh, I'll say this because because of this review, clearly there needs to be another iTunes review that compliments specifically Abe, so we can balance this all out. Yeah. So I'm encouraging everyone to go on iTunes. And I mean, that's why we call him Crazy Old Maurice. He's always good for a laugh. <laughs> yeah, but when he's not when he's not giving a laugh, he's giving specifically me credit for this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maurice, I know I know that you you've got love for me somewhere. But no, yeah, thanks for the iTunes review, and we, we, you know, it's always good to get, get, get new ones to pop us up in the old iTunes charts and everything. Um, let's pump see. Up the gyms. Yeah, exactly, pump up the gyms, indeed. Um, okay, that's that's some show notes. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, to some know everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know Not everybody. Ready. That was fine. It was, you know. it was it was it was weird because I'm on I'm on a different connection right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Abe, why don't you start this one off? Got a question for you guys. How are you in your style department? Are you more of a Will Smith in Bad Boys, or are you more of a Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys? Now, I'm easily what, Martin Lawrence. What entails a Martin Lawrence? <laughs> I mean, I think we could. I we mean, know it's, what it's like Smith casual, is. and sometimes you would just wear like sweatpants. You know, it's comfortable. Granted, I'm, I'm more of the the bad boys for life, Martin Lawrence, not the the original bad boys. <laughs> I, I, tip, I typically wear sleeves. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Like Smith is pretty much like the same in most. I mean, the the suits get flashier, perhaps, mm-hmm. or what have you. But like Lawrence, he, he has yeah. some he has some evolution because like the first one, yeah, he's rocking like. He's so he's so much thinner in those ones, and he's he's got no sleeves. It's, it's <laughs> hey, hot in Miami. Hey, he tried to lose some weight for this one. He did. No credit. But to he's him. he's definitely heavy on the athleisure for sure. For sure. Yes. Well, 100%. like bad, bad boys too. He's doing like basketball jerseys and stuff too, and like this yeah, one, he's, he's going sleepless like what Brando was saying. Yeah. This this one he's back to like he's got robes. He's got he's got like track jackets. Like he's doing other things. He's... <laughs> Glasses. So I would I would lean towards Bad Boys One Martin Lawrence. That's what I'm saying personally. Got it. Oh, I like how you how you went there. Yeah. Um, I am definitely more of a Will Smith. Um, although I don't wear as many as much rayon as he does. <laughs> pretty impractical. I used to live in Miami, and that was definitely not a material that I would wear when I was there. Please, yeah. Um, please, but, go into this for a second because there's a scene where he like puts on a very fancy blue suit and walks just into the streets of Miami, and I'm thinking. Who was wearing this at this time of year in Miami right now? <laughs> well, when I lived in Miami, I remember I li- one year that I was there. I, it was like the only year I have not been in. I was not in North Carolina for Christmas. And it was 85 or 88 degrees on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so pretty much any other time of the year, it's going to be hot as hell and humid as hell. <laughs> um, and if that was a, even if it was a silk suit, which I don't think that it was. It did not seem like it was the uh, it would be the most practical thing to wear there, um, but uh, but definitely on the flashy side, that's definitely where uh, my style tends to lean, perhaps more so than um, uh, you know Marcus's sort of barca lounger chic. <laughs> See, that's why I lean towards one because he starts borrowing Will's clothes at a few, you know Mike's clothes at a few points, so it's like you know it all it all fits out. 
Yeah, and then you know, at one point, you know, he's uh, Will Smith is running around with his uh, shirt unbuttoned. So, well, that's definitely me. Yeah, I mean, I'm. That's, a, have, you, have, that's you, have you seen I'm Todd's sure. profile? Like, oh, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that bare chest of his, barrel bare chest of his. I have a question. <laughs> yes. What movie could have used a Will Smith song in the closing credits? Oh, that's a good question. That he's that he's in, or just any movie. No, that just any movie. Use... Like if you wanted to say Casablanca, I'd accept. No, I mean specifically a Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He should have done a song on the new Men in Black. The one Men in Black Three. Oh, oh, Men in Black. He should have done the yeah. song for Men in Black International. Probably would have made more people go see it. And Tessa Thompson could do the song with him, and that would just make me happy. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna recant my answer. I'm gonna say concussion. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotta do the Bennett Amalu voice in the rap. It'd be called head problems. Hey, nod your head, exactly. It'd be a spiritual sequel to Nod Your Head. To Nod Your Head. <laughs> Oh, mine's the pursuit of happiness. By by the way, that's it's easy. That's, oh. No, no question. I mean that that one's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's that's just the two of us remixed. Yeah. 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 See, I I'd go another just the two of us, the Gemini Man, so you could have old Will oh, Smith see, that's and a good, there you go, new oh, Will that's Smith. A great, yeah, what a great yeah, answer. That's the best answer because you could have the styles of Fresh Prince era Will mm-hmm. Smith, but then you could also bring in like like Switch era Will Smith, even though it's still older. Yep. Than, like that song's old too. Switch now. era. <laughs> But that's like the last Switch time you did an album. Switch is not That song came out in like 2005. No, that's what I'm so. saying. I'm saying I, I realized as I was saying it that that song's old too now. So it's like but he hasn't he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't had an album since then. So it's hard to say. Uh, and that's how we play. Everybody. Everybody. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to some quickies. Damn. Each week out now we have when we move the week they talk about those quickies. Damn. I was happy with that. Abe, you weren't here yes. last week. What have you seen recently? Have you guys seen this show on HBO called Barry? <laughs> I have seen that show. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think it just came out last week, so I'm, I'm pretty hip to the news. But um, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm on episode three, and uh, so of, far so good. Of one season? Of season one? Of, se- of season one of Barry. It only gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this pathos that he's got. I'm just like, maybe I'm not good at anything. And I like how I love how Henry Winkler thinks that he's acting all the time. Like, where did you get that story? Your backstory It's not very good, but I like your commitment to the craft. And and then I, I rewatched Knives Out, but I didn't watch it with the director commentary in my ear. I just watched it as a standalone. And I liked how there's a, a lot of sprinkling of clues throughout the movie, and it, it still holds up on rewatch. I also rewatched 1917 again. And um, while that one doesn't as hold up as well as the first time I watched it, I still enjoyed a lot of the technical aspects of it. Is it still your number one movie of 20, 2019? Uh, yes, based on based on first watch, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to Todd. Todd, what have you seen recently? Um, well, Craig, I watched. Uh, I finally watched Parasite. I was so I, I was woefully behind over the course of uh, award season, and I ended up watching a handful of movies a couple of times. Uh, just when I went home, uh, 1917 being one of those I really enjoyed. But I watched Parasite last uh, last week, and I really loved that. And also watched uh, Uncut Gems, and and I was like completely, I've been completely obsessed with that one since then. I, like I loved it. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's just really good. Yeah. Oh, and I watched Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen last night. So oh, it's, it's, um, oh. that's pretty good. It's like it's like it's almost uncut gems. But uh, which one is that one? That's the, the second one. Second one. Okay. It made, it made number one of that year for uh, a Weiss of Blue list one time. Woo. Not one of ours. Not one of mine. How did Revenge of the Fallen <laughs> go, Todd? Was that for research or you know you just had two and a half hours to spare? Uh, I was hanging out with a buddy and we were having a whole conversation about Michael Bay and the bad boys and other things. And, um, and we were, we were speaking, uh, genuinely admiringly about his technique and, and this, that, and the other thing. And, um, and for whatever reason, um, we just decided we would watch it, uh, more, more than anything, because my buddy and I had realized that we hadn't caught up in a while and we're like, we can put this on and we can talk about it, but we also can just talk through the movie and we don't have to pay attention since there's no real plot to speak of. Um, and, yeah. you know, and so we, you know, ordered a pizza and drank and, and watched the movie and were able to, to properly, uh, you know, I think evaluate its, its, its merits. And at the same time to, you know, catch up on each other's lives. So it was, uh, oh. I would consider it a success. It's, um, and that's a movie that I sort of infamously defended. I went on G four's attack of the show and, um, <laughs> and defended because I had given it at the time, like, uh, like one of the very few positive reviews that was on rotten tomatoes for it. And I always considered it like 51% positive. It was not one of these things where I'm like, Oh, I think it's a magnificent movie, but I'm just like, I've never seen a movie that has more stuff in it than this at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and as a consequence of that, I, I sort of became, uh, infamously it's defender so much so that at a certain point, Roger Ebert actually quoted <laughs> me or my review one in, in an article he wrote about transformers or Michael Bay or something like that afterward, which was, um, even if he was, dunking on me was still a great honor so um so it was uh you know a, a bit of a trip down memory lane for me as well i will say this i don't have many great things to say about revenge of the fallen but i that forest fight that happens like mid-movie is pretty epic like that's one of the better like i think transformer act like probably the best transformers action sequence of the five movies i mean optimus versus all of the decepticons and i remember seeing that in imax and it was like well, that looks great. I wish the I wish the rest of the movie kind of followed through on this, but uh... it was a strike movie too, so it's got it's messy because yeah. of that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, but... I think that's actually one of its strengths because there was no room for them to like rewrite or reimagine a uh -huh. lot of stuff on the fly, and so for better or for worse, it actually has a fairly coherent idea, which is that they're just trying to get this bit of the all spark so they can you know bring uh what's his name Optimus Prime back you know back from the dead etc etc and just yeah. sort of continues from there I mean like it's still it's not a good movie don't don't get me wrong but it's but it's uh but it's it's weirdly um it, it's the simple the sort of comparative simplicity of it sort of works in a in a maybe a counterintuitive but but a, a real way i feel like yeah brandon like it's a kind of a, it's weird like two-way sword right because it's like yeah it's a yeah. strike movie so they couldn't do but at the same time it's like well what's the excuse for the other movies i mean it's <laughs> <laughs> right right no i i it's funny i i had to do the i had to review the 4k of it a couple years ago and i was watching i was like you know there's some good stuff in here and it's actually technically decently made um for as you know, I mean, it's uh -huh. story-wise stuff is where all the problems are. But I mean, there's some impressive, you know, sequences, even if they 
depending on whether it makes sense or whatever. The, the best I could say at the time was like, if you showed an older person this movie, they'd be like, oh, so we have robots now. Like you wouldn't really be, they wouldn't think of like computer effects. They'd just be like, so we, we have robots? Like that'd be like, there's no, the, the effects are good enough to kind of be like, I guess these exist, like to some degree. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but like the one on the pier, like the, what, Devastator. But like, there's enough going on on a technical level, like you're saying, as far as we're visually representing Transformers, and it looks pretty, pretty good. Like I don't, I don't know what the better version of that is until I guess, yeah. the next Transformers. Well, movie. I mean, for better or for worse, and this was one of the conversations we were having, is that like Michael Bay does not, he knows how to shoot visual effects and yes, and get yeah. the team to deliver them. Mm-hmm. And throughout the entire movie, I mean, there were like a handful of shots that didn't look kind of like amazingly, you know, photorealistic for transformers and what they are and mm-hmm. and and the environments i mean like the way that his scenes are all lit and shot irrespective of how little or much sense they make you know they all are extremely polished and and it's it's really really pretty amazing mm-hmm. and he and he cares about what they look like when they come to home video too there's a lot of cg stuff that looks good in the theater but when it comes to home video it's a bit more obvious his movies he cares a lot about the color timing and shading and stuff like how it's going to look when it comes to a smaller screen. So his movies, when they do come to home video, they do look, the CG looks legit. For sure. One of the one things that is interesting about him. Well, we needed a five minute take on a Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. So I'm glad that that happened. But uh, Brandon, what have you seen recently? (laughs) Well, I saw, I mean, before, uh, BB, uh, four L, uh, I saw, 1917, the in the theater that was my most recent theater going experience, which was awesome. Um, like that one, and uh, this week's uh, Blu-rays, I did a Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which is this nifty little moody piece from the 70s. It's a vampire movie. Um, I don't know, really enjoyed it. I I remember watching it on VHS when I was younger, not giving a crap, but I enjoyed it a lot more now as a older more revered person i guess and then i watched uh they reviewed the the adams family cartoon from this past fall and how'd that go it's fine <laughs> so it's kind of my take on it too yeah <laughs> my kids like it that's that was, my, that was gonna be my next <laughs> question that's, that's, a, that's the win <laughs> yeah all right, I've seen a few things. I saw Weathering with You. Uh, this is the, uh, the the newest anime from the director of Your Name. Um, I liked it, not quite as much as Your Name. I think that one really just works on all levels. But uh, it's it, it still has a it has a it has a solid plot it, it, in terms of what it's trying to do as far as this kind of weather witch or whatever you want to call her. It. It, it it tells a neat story. Um, the animation's really cool. Um, there's there's a lot to like about it for sure. Um, okay. it's like in like, I guess, limited release around now. Um, but yeah, I was happy with that. Uh, my lovely girlfriend and I, we watched the Oscar nominated shorts, uh, this weekend, the live action and the animated shorts that are up for Oscars currently. Um, this is a good set of movies. Um, the animated ones in particular, there's not, there's not one that's like teetering over for me as far as being the standout best one. And at the same time, there's not like a clear weakest link for me either. Like all of them are very good. I generally we really like watching the shorts as far as for you know for the Oscars and just because the shorts are cool anyway. Um, but I was very impressed with this year's batch of shorts. The live action ones are all pretty good too. There's maybe one that kind of stands out as far as being like, eh, it's all right. But like the for the most part, like it's a good 
uh, worthy effort for what 90 ish minutes of time um just a lot of good stuff to watch from a, a varied group of filmmakers um the other thing i watched that on and i watched we saw this last weekend Doolittle, the um the the big hit of the weekend <laughs> do yeah and um i'll say this it's not terrible okay that's uh, not what i was hearing from all the other camps but yeah yeah. i i don't think it's specifically terrible i don't think it's good it's not a good movie but there is it's got some stuff going on and i just it just feels like a movie that's been tinkered with too much and like the movie runs like 90 minutes without credits like it's clearly been stripped down and i don't know why robert danny jr is like I'm going to finally make a new movie outside of the Iron Man world, or the, you know, the MCU world, and it's going to be with my man, Stephen Gagan, to make this family family comedy. But uh, the you know Oscar winner for writing Traffic and the director of Syriana. But they did it, and it's a movie. It has its... It has a... I, the, I'll say this. Okay, the, the animal actor, like the actors portraying the animals for voice performances... It's a more lively group than the Lion King, so it gets a lot of credit for me there. Like it feels like everyone, <laughs> it feels like everyone's awake doing their parts. Where I had a lot of issues of among the reasons I didn't like Lion King. Part of it was because I didn't think the actors were all very disengaged from their performances, which was like, hmm. why would this be the time to not turn in a good performance? Uh, so like here, while the humor is very modern, like it's set in Victorian England, but like john cena's in it like as a dude coming out of a truck like it's just like that's that's how that's the tone of the humor and a lot of it like all right <laughs> and that that's that's most of the cast as far as kind of the there's no real attempt to be like i don't know classical animals or whatever you want to call it uh but it has some bits there's one this thing sounds like we have to do a fun commentary about it sometime uh, maybe there's one bit that it that <laughs> so to set this thing up robert denny jr's version of doolittle is like a welsh or scottishman who it, the accent's kind of all over the place. I can't quite tell, but he's a recluse because his wife died. Who was it? He was an adventurer. He so he he's just like now like sitting in his big estate away from the world. And so of course when you meet him for the first time, he has a big bushy beard because that's what happens when you're a recluse. You don't shave anymore. Um, and th- this bit made me laugh, which is why I need to emphasize it. He has a big beard, and at one point like when he's when like some kids come along and they're trying to get him to see the queen so he can go on some adventure, a little mouse pops out of his beard. And the mouse and the mouse has a beard too, and it made me laugh. It's like okay, that's 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 some inspired silliness right there that I can get behind. But like the like he's a recluse and he's been there's a mouse living in his beard so long that now the mouse has grown a beard as well. That's funny. Um, I wish the rest of the movie had weird quirkiness like that, but instead it just has a lot of like, as I said, the animals are all kind of like whatever. Uh, they're given it, they're all, but they're just have a weird kind of sense of humor mixed with whatever this movie's supposed to be. Antonio Banderas pops up for a little bit to be like, hey, remember when Eddie Murphy lost that Oscar because of Norbert? Well, here I am in Doolittle. Like, it's, that's what he's doing. That's what he says in the movie? Pretty much. That seems oh, like wow. what he said. Um, that's very on the nose. Although he's, 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 like, the humans actually have fun. Michael Sheen plays a very sniveling Michael Sheen type character in this movie, which is really uh-huh. funny. There's just, there's, like, enough here for me to be like, well... I didn't hate this as much as I hated the trailers for this movie, but it's still not a good movie. So, I don't know. I'll be curious what kids think, I guess, because this movie is not for anybody else. Uh, so, yeah, that's Doolittle. That's what Thank I got you for that. One. Thank you for that recap. I need. Well, I mean, it's the hit of the season, so I needed to make sure I addressed <laughs> it. Well, now I kind of just want to see that, that scene with the mouse and the beard. Yeah, the little mouse, and he has a beard. It's funny. <laughs> All right. 
That's not how quick he's. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. For one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, what have you. This week we're talking Morbius. This is the upcoming Marvel, sorry, in association with Marvel Comics film. Um, it stars Jared Leto as Morbius, the, what is it, the undead vampire? Is that, or the living vampire, sorry. That's what, that's it's the, it's Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, oh, is that what it is? sorry. Um, I believe... <laughs> I believe Michael Morbius has some kind of like rare disease, and the only way to cure it is to find vampire bats and let himself mm-hmm. get like bit or something by them. I we'll find out more about this. Uh, the film is directed by Daniel Espinoza, who directed Safe House, among other things. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the Morbius trail? Are you a Morbius fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congr- hey, Morbius fans, you're getting your movie. This is pretty awesome, right? Um. I, I I guess I feel the same way I did when I saw the first Venom trailer. Eh? I, I don't know. Um, this is something I know I will probably see, uh, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing really. <laughs> I, I just, wow. All right. I think it's something appealing no, I, about it, but I, I just, did I'm a shot, not down. Did, did the shot You're of, saying a lot. I said not saying a lot. Yeah. Michael Keaton was my favorite part of the trailer. <laughs> did a <laughs> shot of did a shot of menacing Matt Smith get you more excited? I did, you know what? I was like, oh, Matt Smith's in this? I must have forgot or overlooked that. You know, or hopefully this time he makes it into the final cut of the movie, unlike Star Wars. But um Yeah. Uh yeah. I don't know. It just looks mediocre overall i don't right. i don't know i mean and when, when you're like from the studio that brought you venom i'm like oh here we go so yeah todd where are you with morbius well it definitely to to sort of agree uh with brandon it, it definitely <laughs> looks like it's from the makers of venom i mean for better or for worse um you know uh i, I watched the trailer and i was like uh, okay I mean, I guess I'm going to, well, you know, notwithstanding not particularly being a fan of Jared Leto, um, you know, the whole thing just um, seems, you know, kind of broad and ridiculous in the same way that Venom did, Um, you know, so I'm, it's not a comic character that I was particularly familiar with. um, And so I suppose that I'll probably end up seeing it or maybe, or maybe I won't, who knows, maybe I'll just go on with my life. Well, you just saw Parasite, so maybe you could wait till it gets nominated for like ten Oscars and then figure out what you want to do. Sure, when it gets when Morbius gets nominated for ten Oscars, then and only then will I see it. Hey, we all laughed when Todd Phillips signed on for the Joker movie, and now it's up for eleven Oscars. So you never know. Maybe yeah, but that Lewis, one that one's maybe, trailer at least hold on, Brandon, excited me. I need to keep this bit going for a second. Maybe Daniel Espinosa has tapped into a way to t- talk about the the consciousness of what society is going for through a movie based off Morbius, the living vampire. You don't know. You don't know what he has in store for audiences. <laughs> the political messaging in that movie is going to be off the charts. It could be about the healthcare system. Well, you know, I mean, his last movie, Life, uh, Daniel Espinosa's last movie, uh-huh. was in fact a backdoor prequel to Venom. To Venom so, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all, you know, <laughs> it's a whole, it's a, it's a rich tapestry. It's a really, really it's an interconnected cinematic universe. Right. Yeah. Well, Abe, where are you with Morbius, the living man? I'm with everybody here on the panel. I mean, it's it's <laughs> a fine trailer. I'm like fine, like as in it's a movie that's gonna come out. 
Um, but it's not as though I was clamoring for a Morbius trailer. And it feels as though they're trying to build on top of this to build like this alternate dark universe, like semi-dark universe where people can be good guys and bad guys like Venom. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Dark Universe is trademarked to another studio. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I was like, well, it's a Spider Verse. They have a term for it. I mean, there you go, the Spider Verse. Because like what I said in the Venom review, it's like I don't know. Venom is not an anti-hero. He's just a villain in the comic yeah. books. And he becomes an anti-hero so, eventually. Later, like in like nineteen ninety nine kind of thing. But for this whole entire run, he's been a villain and arch nemesis to Spider Man. So we'll see what happens. I that that's uh, that's my take. I mean, I, you brought it up pre you brought it up pre recording, but yeah, mustached vampire looking over his shoulder kind of makes me laugh i like the idea that sony's like well while people wait in anticipation for mahershal ali's blade we'll give him a white vampire that can you know also do cool stuff or whatever he's just pale (laughs) this movie doesn't do anything for me because unlike venom which i didn't like at the very least it had tom hardy giving a go go gonzo bananas performance in that movie do you think Jared Leto is going to give us something that's as crazy as Tom Hardy? Because I don't. That's certainly not based off this trailer. He's actually going to try really hard. I do give us a Gonzo performance, and we're just going to be like, okay, calm it, down, guy. It feels like, and I don't like, it's not that we need to, like, you know, be completely just mean to Morbius, but it's like, well, why is this here? And not just like the, well, no movie needs to exist, but I mean, like, why Morbius? Like, what makes this special? I guess vampires, like that's neat for a Marvel, but, but it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be R. Like it's, it's, it's you're not going to like see Jared Leto sink his teeth into various people and have it all like crazy grizzly. I don't know if that's what a Morbius movie needs either, but I don't know what the, I don't know what that special something is that's going to get me to be like, I'm very excited to see this movie based off this character with this actor. I don't, I don't have any of those ingredients. Venom looked horrible, and again, it wasn't bad, but it had Tom Hardy who's an interesting, you know, character, like, personality actor, in a movie about, like, symbiotes doing crazy things. Like, all right, like, sure. That, and we got to see Tom Hardy sit in a lobster tank. So, I mean, that's fun. I don't... Are we gonna, are we gonna get anything that's near the lobster tank perfection with Jared Leto as Morbius? No. no, right? No, so, I'm gonna answer that definitively. <laughs> the answer is no. I'm pretty sure this movie's gonna turn out as interesting as the trailer looks. That's There you go. That's as damning and accurate as I think we're gonna be able to 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 lock it down. Yeah, I will say this: I'm a little like seeing it once again another trailer where it's like I used to be this way, but now I'm this way, and he's like pounding glass really hard to show how strong he is. It's like, all right, I mean, haven't we? We've done this a lot. This, I mean, I I get that you're following a formula that's worked or whatever, but it's like this is getting tiring. Morbius, the movie. (laughs) Hey. Sony's lucky they they stole the, everyone's favorite Joker from DC, so their ball's in their court now. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, Morbius hits theaters July thirty first. So Can't we, wait. We got some time. Oh, got coming some time up before Morbius. Look out, Tenant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get let's get to our main review for. Please, for the love of God. Let's get to it. Bad boys. Bad boys. Or we can go back and talk about Transformers some more. That's another option. We probably could. That could be another hour if we really wanted to. Let's talk about it. Bad boys for life. Marcus, somebody's trying to kill me. Who wants to kill you? I don't trust a person that don't want to kill him. Hell, put my name up there. Thanks a lot. We got it, Marcus. We appreciate it. But family is the only thing that matters. 
So I'm not letting you go on a suicide mission alone. One last time. One last time. That should have been some of the trailer for Bad Boys for Life, 17 years after Bad Boys 2, which was 8 years after the first Bad Boys, detectives Marcus Burnett and Michael Lowry are back. Working as cops in an older phase of their lives, Marcus is ready to retire now that he's a grandfather. Mike has no plans for stopping, though, which is complicated by the arrival of a new enemy looking to settle an old score. While Bad Boys figure out what they're going to do together, Mike begins working with an elite team, Ammo, to help take down those who are hunting him. As the film replaces Michael Bay with directors Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, Brandon, after talking about the first film in the series and speaking fairly highly of Bay's capabilities, what did you think of this latest entry? Uh, I, w- I was pretty surprised. Um, I in- enjoyed it quite a bit. They it The chemistry is still there between Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Um, they I thought they were... We're a pretty good movie with the Bad Boys movie. I'm not looking for a lot of intelligent uh, cop work with it. I want the crazy action scenes, over the top <laughs> stuff, them yelling crazy things. Uh, but I thought they constructed something pretty good together here and aped Bay in positive ways, um, taking some of the better uh, uh aspects of his work some of some of the there's some bay humor here but the the kind of bay humor as if he went through uh, a group of uh people that harnessed him down type deal like oh, okay that's not crazy but the, i mean it's got stuff for fans of the series some good surprises good shocks i had a really good active good audience when i saw this mm-hmm. um there's there's a scene where um there's a a, a, a hit um and the whole crowd went oh like loud <laughs> um was crazy um and then when the, you know the the bad boys theme song played for the first time in the movie the whole crowd was singing it it was really crazy <laughs> they all knew the words i was like rocky horror picture show <laughs> with bad boys yeah well they knew the yeah the, the chorus i know um <laughs> everybody if i would have loved for it to go longer and see him try to do the uh the verses but no it was that was for what it was. I mean, this isn't like a five star movie or anything, but this was a really nice surprise. You know, this looks like a, you know, how how many years was it since the last one? 16, 17, 17 years since the last one. It looks like that desperate. Well, we've got an IP. Let's use it. And I thought they turned out something that was about the opposite. It felt a natural fitting next to the other two and just a pretty solid action buddy action movie um with good r-rated sensibilities to it and i don't know i had a good time all right todd this film scored a 76 percent rod tomatoes an a cinema score and an above expectation 68 million opening weekend at the box office why are you so down on bad boys for life 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's something that I really wrestled with because truthfully, like, you know, I, I, I like the first two fine. I'm, I'm, I, I can accept and enjoy sort of mindless action and, you know, buddy movie machismo and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and quite frankly, I think the thing that was, um, the, you know, I, when I saw Hobbs and Shaw last year, I actually really enjoyed that. And to me, that's sort of more of a platonic ideal for a contemporary buddy cop, you know, uh, comedy action movie. Um, you know, this by comparison, it, it was interesting because I feel like the movie tees up all these really interesting ideas. Um, uh, and then it doesn't do anything really substantial with any of them. I mean, like, um, you know, I, I, I'm all for like big action. Uh, but as I was watching it and I'm like, I really love the idea that the movie wants to explore the interior lives of these characters. And I'm like, but maybe they should have spent like five minutes on the exterior lives so that they weren't the worst cops on the face of the planet. I mean, just in terms of the way that they, uh, in one scene, infiltrate a club with six people and they let a suspect literally just jump and run out the door and drive away on a motorcycle. They chase him down and they put him in a car without handcuffing him, which he jumps out the door, runs off, gets on another motorcycle and drives away. And I'm like, this is just, this isn't even like, okay, we're just, you know, a little bit of suspension of disbelief or whatever. I'm like, this is like categorically incompetent behavior. And I really started wondering because it's been so long since I saw the first two, I was like, were they always this bad at their jobs? Um, and so I, I sort of take as a foregone conclusion that there has to be a chase down the main streets of downtown Miami, where one guy is shooting from a Gatling gun in the sidecar of a motorcycle. And the other person is shooting with a bazooka. Um, I'm totally fine with that, but I, I feel like, um, they had this real opportunity, I think to genuinely sort of tap into the time change, the, the amount of growth or lack thereof, these characters, um, were theoretically going to go through in the 25 years since the first movie. And they don't really use it to any, any real dramatic effect. They just have, you know, these two guys in there and, I mean, you know, I, I read one review, um, Eric Snyder, where he was like, I mean, he basically was just like, yeah, you have these two guys who, you know, one, one decides he's going to give up being violent. And the other one like, is like, you're crazy. That's the worst idea you possibly have ever had. And he's like, okay, you're, you're right. I'll continue being violent. And you're just sort of like, maybe you could see how that plays out when they are continuing to do police work. I don't know. It's it's one of these things where I feel like there were all these opportunities and maybe they just decided, you know, they don't give a shit or maybe they did those things and they got cut out or, you know, whatever it was. But it does seem like Will Smith at the very least is much more accomplished actor now than he was in 1995. And he needs some challenges to face. And I felt like this movie is sort of like, it didn't even qualify as a victory lap. It's just kind of like a trip down memory lane for these guys um, for like an easy layup. And um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 like I said, I really did wrestle with it because I was, I was excited for the movie and I really wanted to like it. And then when I got to, when I started watching it, I was like, have I outgrown? I mean, I was like, am I the Danny Glover of, 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 
of buddy <laughs> have i gotten too old for this shit and and i'm sort of afraid that maybe i have but then again like i said i loved hobbs and shaw or at least i really enjoyed it and i'm like i don't think that what i'm asking for is out of reach of the filmmakers so i don't know it was a uh, it was kind of a bummer and uh, and maybe ins- has inspired more uh, soul searching than you would for me than i would ever have expected from a ba- from a bad boys movie quite frankly I- I'll say this. I can agree mm-hmm. with you about the cop aspect of it because I do like regardless of how much you like the first two films, specifically the second one because people have a lots of opinions on Bad Boys 2. Um they do like those they they point out that they're narcotics officers and they do things that are related to what narcotics officers would do to some extent. I don't mm-hmm. think they even mention the fact that they're narcotics officers in this movie. I think the idea that they're cops in Bad Boys for Life is more like dressing on top of the fact that it's these two guys and they get into crazy situations together. Um, so I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on the cop aspect of this film beyond like having like Joe pants back as their captain and stuff like that. Like the little, the little minor things you need to do to establish that this is the world they live in. But as far as how far it goes and the logistics of their legal activities and whatnot, yeah, they kind of throw it out the window, but I disagree with most everything else you said. Mainly, part, partly, I was thinking of Hobbs and Shaw too, as you mentioned that, and then when I was watching the movie, and I felt like that was a movie that was held together by scotch tape. Like it felt like the stuff's there as far as we have these two guys and they're doing their thing, and in terms of making a story, it's like we did the bare minimum. Like it, Abe and I have joked about this a lot as far as the message of that movie was. I guess if we work together, we'll be all right. Like there's no, like there's no like there's very little to go on, and not that it requires a heavy dose of introspection on the characters' part or what have you, but it did feel like as a for me as a noted fan of both the Bad Boys films and the Fast and Furious franchise, Hobbs and Shaw felt like it was just kind of like that felt like a victory lap. That felt like well they worked together in that movie pretty well. What if we put them in a whole movie by themselves? And I got, like, the bare minimum of what that would be, even mm-hmm. though it's made on this, like, impossibly big budget. This movie, granted, my expectations were fairly low, because, like Brandon, you were saying, it could have easily been just, a, well, they're back together, so let's see what happens. And it's an IP, so we can count on that. But I was impressed by what it did. I'm Now, I'm not going to say this is a fantastic movie and you can't miss Bad Boys for Life, but I will say... The story they're trying to tell here, it did impress me on the level of what a bad boys film can do for me. I I liked that they, well, yes, the cop stuff we talked about that already, but like the, if you're gonna you know give some kind of expansion on who these guys are, twenty five years like being together and like you know uh, after ninety five, so like what whatever however long this movie's been <laughs> since the first film, yeah. If you're gonna give me more of that, I'm actually happy to see that it's not just like a case of the week type thing. It does try to deal with the fact that they're older. There's a newer generation. They Will Smith has things to develop as Mike Lowry, who's not really a character in the other two movies beyond just the most charismatic slash over the top version of Will Smith there is. Like this, they actually try to ground him in something. Like there's some. Um, he's like he's putting some grit onto this performance, which I was impressed by. And this and there's can't spoil anything, but there's some weird connections to another recent Will Smith movie that I was yeah. very interested like yeah, he's, heavily. He's, he seems like he's really trying to tackle something. And even in Spies in Disguise, there's like him reckoning with his kind of action movie persona, I think is kind of interesting. At the same time, and Brandon, we watched Bad Boys the other day. Martin mm-hmm. Lawrence, I think, is like, he's doing his job in these movies. Yeah. Like, he's not just oh, yeah. that he's funny, it's that he actually, like, his, his him being a devoted family man 
as little of a character as you have for like Teresa Randall and what have you, there's he, he like he tries to bring something beyond just being funny. Now at the same time, as far as just entertaining actors in the movie, yeah, like they work together. Their chemistry is really fun. Like they haven't really lost a step there. It's almost kind of quaint that they're older and they acknowledge that frequently in the movie without like going way over the top with it. I do think there's some there's a lot of humor to be mined out of that, even if it isn't like laugh out loud nonstop funny. I do think there's something about the old guy jokes for Will Smith and Martin Lawrence just kind of clicks for me, I guess is the best way to say it. And I and I agree about the style of this movie. I, I it, replicating Bay is practically impossible. There's a lot of imitators, but no one's really that successful at it. I'm not gonna say Arby and Fala have like you know tapped into the magic that is michael bay but i do think they've brought enough in it to kind of diversify the action enough make it look impressive enough for the budget that they're on which is a little bit lower than bad boys 2 but still fairly high there's enough there as far as giving me some cool scenes to work with i like that it kind of toned things down after bad boys 2 this is more in line with the first bad boys film down to the score from mark man and see who's back and has a that bad boys theme that i actually really like so there's there's just a lot of things here that i i was impressed by as far as a they tried to make a real movie out of this as well as a it's familiar without feeling like it's throwing it in my face of like it's just them together again like it feels like it tried to do a little bit more than that sure i will say i will say there's i think that it's um pretty consistently well acted and Uh the thing that i think kind of um maybe made me sort of believe in its ambitions a little more than and maybe that's why i was disappointed was they have this really amazing scene um, that I think is like genuinely dramatically um, uh, compelling, um, mm-hmm. which, and I'll be uh, vague, but essentially at a certain point, like very early in the movie, Will Smith gets injured and he decides that he's going to try to find the, yeah. per- the perpetrator. And he has this sort of very rich argument with, uh, with Marcus where, where, you know, he's essentially going, this person took something from me. And Marcus goes, what do you mean they took something? He's like, they tried to hurt you and, and they were not successful. Um, and, you know, uh, and, and Mike's response is to go like, you so you're abandoning me. And, and Marcus very, you know, astutely goes like, how dare you? He's like, I was right. there when you were, you know, convalescing and recovering. And, and I was like, Oh, this is really great. I mean, like, I think that they touch on those things. I think that there's like actual, I think for me, it was sort of like, okay, you have a younger generation. Um, you have these, all these elements that you're talking about, the idea of their, you know, diminishing relevance. And I'm like, but can we should see, I was like, it would be great to see how that stuff even if the movie was going to reinforce it in the end, like, Oh, you know, clearly these guys brute strength is what, what gets the job done. But like the idea that you had these, these quote unquote kids. And I really like Charles Melton. I love that kid. I think he was so great. And um, the son is also a star, but I liked uh, Vanessa Hudgens and the other actor. Alexander uh, Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought they were really good, but like, it was interesting that it was like, it was just sort of machismo posturing was really the difference. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is how we can actually do all the things that you used to do by, you know, going into the back room of a, of a butcher shop and like handcuffing a guy and beating him up to get the information <laughs> we can do with a drone or we can do with a computer or we can do with, you know, a different kind of tactic than, you know, you used to use. I'm like, to me, that's where I feel like it could have been used more effectively is right. that I think there are genuine dramatic opportunities to juxtapose. Well, in 1995, you know, when we were walking around in like rayon mock turtlenecks in the middle of summer, um, you know, it's, 
um, that was that, you know, our techniques were this. And now this is what these other people are doing. And at a certain point, I just kind of was like, I don't really even know why anybody's doing anything. Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> if, if the reason that they got to go to the club to get the guy, I was like, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, um, I sort of fell in love with the actress who who plays like his who Mike's sort of ex girlfriend. I thought she was like fantastic and had real authority, and she was really great on screen. Um, you know, and I'm like, if you're going to put these people in this club and they're doing all this stuff, that's cool. I'm like, but you know, maybe like make these characters more than like a sort of water. I mean, speaking of if you think that Hobbs and Shaw is like a watered down version of Fast and Furious, I'm like, this is like a watered down version of Hobbs and Shaw in that regard. Like, we'll just throw a bunch of extra people in here so that we can create like a, you know, quote unquote family uh, of professionals for Mike and Marcus, you know, God forbid if this movie does well enough that they want to make another sequel after this. And We've already and, announced uh, that they're oh, under, I, I yeah, feel like plans it's for be... Bad Boys Four already already in place. I mean, yeah. I mean, this one kind of like with those characters and stuff, and there, I mean, there's credit scenes. Uh, this it feels as if they're going for a like. Mission Impossible Three, Fast Furious. Like I think we're gonna get a bad bo- up to like maybe Bad Boys Five, and this is like the start of its own story. While it is a sequel to the first two, there's gonna be like maybe a more through line oh, story yeah. that well, would there, fit. There, there, there's Let's, a stinger. There, there's a bit of a stinger. Yeah. Let's get back to this because I want to hear Abe's thoughts. I'll just I'll just okay. say, to, to, just to respond really quickly to Todd. I'll, I'll just say my I guess my bar for Bad Boys isn't high enough for me to worry about how well they capitalize on every single thing they introduce. The fact that they're introducing some of these elements and kind of dealing with it, and the fact that the acting, like you said, is generally very good, that was enough to kind of make me smooth over some of the, they could have done a little bit more with this aspects of it. And there's more stuff, but let's, let, I want to let Abe go. Abe, what did you think of the movie? On the whole, I, I think that it's a mediocre movie. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that it knocks it out of the park, and I don't necessarily think that it's bad. Um, but what I mean by that is that they, like what you guys were all explaining, there actually are really good ideas in here, ideas of aging, ideas of of being, um, you know, Marcus says at one point there's more years behind us than there are ahead of us kind of thing. And I really like that sage Marcus. I like the way that he's embracing that, dude, we've been in this game for a while. Like he's it's kind of like this meta thing too, this meta commentary of like we just can't do this anymore. We're not we're not going to bust into the doors and arrest everybody. Like we just have to really realize that we're like 50 now. We we're uh, toward that time in which we're um, going to retire. And to Todd's credit, I, I also agree that I, I hope the really, I hope the Big Mama's House sequel also deals. I, I hope that comes out. And I'm just like I fucking love this movie. <laughs> but uh, for for uh, as much as it goes into that, the thing is, it doesn't finish those thoughts. It actually just puts them down early on or like middle of the way through. And in recent memory, you know, we have movies like Stuber that does go into like these 90s movies. And it's like, dude, you don't have to be a machismo guy to get things done. We have technology now. But uh, to the Bayhemness of it, I think that it, it it's close. It doesn't really get there. I think that Bay still accomplishes in terms of his storyboarding and the way that he um, looks at an action sequence. He, he thinks more through it. And I think this one has like a lot of uh, similarities, but the chops are there and the edit is not as, as nice and clean. Like we were talking about um, uh, Transformers earlier. And yeah, a lot of the crispness of the way that he choreographs his scenes for action are probably better than this one. But um, 
to the other part is is my audience was also very lively. They they were hooping and hollering. You know, they when they have like the the pan three sixty shot that they were trying to like redo on Bay, people were like really yep to it. <laughs> and I was like, you know, Bay does it a lot better. But I see what you guys are doing. Like I see where people are excited. And same thing, uh, Brandon. When the cops song came on, everybody was into it. And so this is a great audience movie, and that's why it's not, like, awful, but it actually presents ideas that I think could have been expanded upon. Um, Technically speaking, the editing is a little bit weak, and it's weird because they have an editor here, and I was like, why is this guy not editing this movie? Because it's all so long. Um, Like, I started feeling the length, and because... Because they were dealing with a lot of different ideas, and then they introduced more ideas later, I was like, "This is a long movie," and I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Because there's also another point where there's a emotional beat, and I felt that emotional beat, and then it's it's kind of like forgotten after the fact. And um, if it had been a tighter movie, I would have, I would have probably uh, felt as though there was some sense of completion for for uh, like the the mid second act emotional beat, but. On the whole, yeah, everybody is doing a great job. I like Martin Lawrence being level-headed. I like the jokes that they have here in terms of family now. Um, there, there's like a there's a, a, a recall or a callback to something that happened in the second one, and everyone was laughing and yeah. you know, yeah, it was really good. That's fun. A good it's touch. like a, yeah, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. good audience movie for sure. Is it a good movie in which you know I could say like yeah, this is something that they can totally build on. They're gonna build upon it, but do I think that they should? No, not really because. They just decided to put a whole bunch of other ideas toward the third act, and I didn't really feel that it was super earned. But all at the same time, I'm just like, you know, it's a fine summer. It, oh, it's not even summer anymore, but it's a, it's it's a fine movie for <laughs> what it is. And I haven't seen the other ones in a while. Like I haven't seen Bad Boys or Bad Boys Two in a while. But I'm sure that they weren't as like super cohesive either. But yeah, the, I, the first Bad Boys is pretty straight and narrow. Like the first one does mm-hmm. what it needs to do, gets out pretty quick. It's two hours, and it's the plot's very not complicated. The second one is it's an event. <laughs> the second <laughs> one has so many things. Maybe that's why I, I have no length issues because I watched the second one recently. <laughs> this one, so like it, it just de- it just ended like half an hour for, ago for you, right, Brandon? Because yeah. the movie's like yes. twenty seven yep. hours long. Mm-hmm. So well, I think like, maybe I mean, and maybe that's what it is. Like, I don't feel like the first two are that ambitious in terms of uh-huh. uh, because mostly because you know Michael Bay lacks substance, like categorically. I mean, like it's un- and unambiguously. So it's like he's just trying to make a movie about like badass guys who are in a world where they're like either stupid or beautiful or stupid and beautiful women, and then like evil people that they have to stop and like that's it and 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 maybe that's why actually i would say i prefer hobbs and shaw to bad boys for life because hobbs and shaw for better for worse maybe it's not diver diverging from the formula of the fast and furious movies but and and it's not overly ambitious in terms of doing something emotionally substantial or 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 remarkably intelligent or anything else whereas i feel like this movie is like ah, ah, here's some really good ideas and then they just completely back off of them like uh, like uh, like abe said and and it's like if they had just made another one of those movies if they had just made another one i thought it was well directed i was i was not unhappy with the way it looked and everything else and um you know then i think i would have been more okay with it but i'm like but if you really want to acknowledge that these characters are outdated and outmoded in their profession and that they have aged and they're not cool or they're not this or they're not that i'm like then just do something with that with those elements in the story um and 
and I don't feel like they did. I I, I feel you, and I feel it just comes down to like a fundamental dis- a fundamental disagreement on how willing we are to accept certain things. Because I I I mean again. I think this movie's like a B. Like I'm not overpraising it as far as right. like, oh my god, I can't believe they made this amazing Bad Boys movie. But I feel like if I got just a movie that was more straight and narrow, like they're back and they're just doing that thing again, I'd feel I'd feel like I want to be more critical of it as opposed to being critical of the fact that it doesn't do enough with the stuff it presents. There are you're not wrong. Like it does present a lot of ideas that I think would be really interesting to capitalize on in a more effective way, whether it's really going between the discrepancies between the young and the old or delving even further into the lives of, of, of Mike and Marcus, or mm-hmm. yes, providing more aspects involving like their work in the, you know, as, as police officers and what have you, there's ways to take this. But I, the, the fact that they just kind of tapped into something for a bad boys movie, for me, that's just like, all right, yeah. Like, I'm glad that in the, because it's been what as we said it's been 17 years and there's been multiple times where they've been saying like we're going to get this started or we have a screenplay right. we're working on it or what have you the fact that it actually came together and was not just like a complete like what the hell is this why are they still doing this childish nonsense thing and it actually tried to do something that means something to me i've seen we've seen plenty of movies that are just like you you spent all this time and this is what you came up with like this actually feels like no, we actually did spend the time, and we came up with something that's pretty worthwhile. It's not perfect by any means, but I do think there's enough there, and it's glued together by solid action scenes and good comedy beats. And that's mm-hmm. for a for a bad boys movie, the third bad boys movie, seventeen years after Bad right. Boys Two, that's coming out in January. I'm pretty happy with what I got here. <laughs> like I yeah. can't complain. And, and I understand what you're much. saying because I, I also want to give the movie credit for not just like saying, "Hey, here's like some cool shit from like let's just rehash everything." And it's like uh-huh. at least yeah, you guys went for something because to everybody said this too. But when there's that scene where Will Smith is talking to Joe Pants and he's like, "You know, I really need this, Captain." I was like, "Yeah, yeah man, I I definitely I understand what you're saying." And the thing that sucks about it is that there's no real resolution to that. I really need this. Like there is, but it's well, it, com- it comes, it comes in, in the weird, form of it, like it comes in a way different direction than you're kind of yeah exactly. At the it comes of in the movie. form of like a different story beat altogether, and you're like, okay, this is it's it's wild and weird, and and I get it because you know it's a movie, but um, it would have been interesting if they kept on going with that because if there's you know there's there's a lot of great ideas in here and. There's just not a whole lot of capitalization on it because the other thing is like ammo is pretty cool. Like the, the small team is pretty cool. But I honestly like what Todd was saying. Is like it kind of feels like they're they're just using them as extra characters because if it was a, a sequence in which they were just saying, you know, look, man, you're, you're old. You're out of the game. Like this is what we do now. And you accept it. That's different from like saying like, no, it's still about kicking ass and taking names. And that's uh, that part is rehashed, but yeah, go Todd. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, I do like oh, this okay. Yeah, about ammo is that both of them don't reject ammo. Like Martin yeah. or Marcus ex- fully accepts them right away. So you don't have to deal with that whole like, you know, butting heads with them. I mean, he's accepting of them instantly. I mean, and we only have so much of, of uh, Mike, rejection of them he does work but i mean it's not a kind of an off on our own type thing for like the whole movie it's there's there's an acceptance to them what i what i like about how they op- what i like about how they operate and todd this kind of speaks to how bad mike and marcus are police work in this movie <laughs> but the first movie which brandon you and i we just watched 
like it is focused on the cop stuff a lot and it's focused on yeah. it in a way where the, that that aspect is treated seriously there's mm-hmm. comedy in the movie but the actual cop work that they're doing has a level of seriousness to it and right. this one when it comes to the ammo stuff like they treat it seriously like there's a grounded nature to what's going on and i i admired that cuz i i i mean if we're going to be in a, especially after Bad Boys 2, if we're going to be in this world again and we're going through Miami and we're seeing all these colorful characters, including Khaled, parentheses, DJ Khaled, Khaled, among others, I mean, they're, and, and Nikki Jam. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, well, at least we have like a responsible team of people that are trying to do things by the book or what have you right. before sure. it just gives way to action mayhem. And also, yeah, like the MO team, they are like fun. I think Alexander Ludwig's having a lot of fun is the most predictable character you get as far as big guy who is yeah. not fighting that's inevitably going to fight somebody anyway but he, it's still like it's a great fun. action sequence it's still fun like it's yeah. i still like that like every it, time it he's really on screen is. like everybody in my i've seen this movie twice and i'm gonna explain that second time in a second but the, in everybody watching him in those scenes you're chuckling because you know he's going to do something eventually but sure. he's just like this big awkward guy wearing muscle shirts who's like typing at the computer the whole time it's like all right. Yeah. I, I, we know where this joke is going. Let's get there, and it's but still entertaining on the way. Yeah. It's it's not that I'm rejecting the idea of ammo. It's it's more of uh, what they uh, this, the consequences of it because there is that sure. one scene early on where Joe Pants is like, uh, yeah, you 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 intervene because it was a bad bust, and then the guy's still over there on the in a body bag, and he's like, well, yeah, I guess that was my bad. And you know, the, I like how they don't make Rita, you know be like well mike's just his old ways aren't or just his old ways kind of thing yeah they're not making it's excuses like, for him they're not making excuses, like it is a fact that but you know, they do dismiss most of what right yeah, what mike i mean does. Yeah, that's where the cop i mean that's where that, yeah that's where i have the the, the pains <laughs> you know i mean his like essentially everything that he does is like I mean, I, I like, I, and I don't even mean this in a way that I'm like, oh, I ding this movie because most movies about that are uh, trying to va- validate or vindicate cops like end up being these sort of like, th- sort of pro, almost like pro fascist things where it's like, oh, well, whatever is necessary to take down the bad guys is what absolutely should be done. But it's like, you know, I, I kind of accept. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe people want to see like DJ Khaled get knocked in the head in the back of a butcher shop. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he is annoying. I mean, I get it, you know, but, but, but Another also, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but I was like sitting there and I was just kind of like, I was like, I don't understand why it's like, is he like, do, is he actually, are they actually supposed to be good cops? And then if you want to have this idea, I mean, like really the, the, di- the, the divide at the beginning of this movie is, um, I want to be able, I want to move on and have a family with my life. That's what Marcus says. And Mike is like, no, we said bad boys for life. And I'm like, so do you really think that you two are going to be police officers for the entire rest of your lives? I mean, that's like, it's kind of like an insane belief. And, and to me, that's like, just doesn't even seem realistic, even within the confines of like a bad boys movie. I mean, like, I feel like it's one of those things where he can like, where Mike can clown Marcus, but I'm like, Okay, he's got a grandkid and he's got a family and he's got all these other things, which he of course has had since the beginning. But yeah. it's like they're they're twenty five years older now, and you know they're in their fifties, uh, and so not in a place where it's like, yeah, sure, we can still do the same like running down of of perpetrators and suspects that we used to be able to do. Clearly, as the fact that they can't do it multiple times in this movie. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's it, like, I respect the fact that people, um, 
enjoy what they do about the movie. And, and, and it's one of those things where I'm like, if you're going to, you've teed up these things and it's, right. and, and, it, and it has less to do with, um, you know, I, I, I wish I could give them more points for trying, but like even the stuff that comes at the end is like, it's not even just that it's like, Oh, well this is an unconventional way to get him to a place where he has an emotion. Like Lowry has this emotional epiphany. Right. You're like, okay, get the hell out of here with this. Like this is and <laughs> mostly because it's not a journey. It's like, the, the, you know, it's like, you know, by any, I, I don't, I'm not one typically reliant upon like, Oh, screenwriting convention or whatever. But I'm like, the idea is that you see a character change as a result of the ex- collective experiences of his, of whatever the story is. And it's like, he learns a piece of information that, like basically changes him immediately and overnight. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to be a good blah, 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 blah. Right. And you're just sort of like, uh, okay, I'm not sure that I really buy that. And it doesn't even make sense for, for who the character is. I mean, if it, to speak to where it goes, I mean, it is, you're not right. I I think it speaks more to the movie trying to take the audience on a, on a journey that has, I guess, an unexpected result as opposed to the character itself where it's trying to like, it's using a shortcut because I do think the, it's weird to like be vague about this, but like there's an operatic finale going on here as far as like what oh, we're getting sure. into. And, and it's, it's teased throughout with Marcus. I'm sorry, is, with Marcus. Yeah, it is teased with Marcus. It's teased as far like he's watching a telenovela at one point. Right. Like it, it really yeah. tries to go. I mean, yeah, but, it, but it's, I, it's Bill. The movie knows the secret that you have no idea you're seeing clues to. Well, I mean, for a even lot then, you're still questioning a. I mean, you're questioning a whole "why is Mike being hunted" kind of thing. Like, there's a running well, there's idea, that. but but in terms of why it's happening, yeah, it's a you bit. You think left there's field, more to it, it, but you don't realize how much more is to it. But I can, yeah, I can't like credit the movie as far as making Mike more interesting because of what it's taking the audience through. But I do think that's a. <laughs> I mean, it's a bad boys movie, and that's a it's a unique approach. Is the best way I could say it as far as like. I can I can give it enough credits for being like all right well that that's a new one I mean to to the degree that it is for a movie like this you're going this route with it and you're filming it on a certain level like it's not just that the plot details are <laughs> have this weird tragic aspect to it but it like it really goes all out in making it practically a gothic horror movie by the end of the film as far as the location sure. and the use of like fire and like how the action's playing out like there's a lot of like there's a lot of big in this movie that up until then wasn't all that big. Like it has, you know, your share of action sequences, but it like, it really saves much like the first film. It saves the big action for the finale and it more or less delivers on it in a, an interesting way. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's, yeah. I was into it is what I'm saying. I will say there, that big turn moment. I felt it was leading us to believe something bigger to get to that point. And I felt they were going to take a couple steps back, but they didn't. And I was like, okay, well this is weird, but Okay, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're at, right? Where let we're talk, at. Let me t- let's talk about the action a little bit more because we haven't talked about it all that much sure. compared to the plot complexities of a bad boys movie. But I so I saw this movie a second time as I mentioned. I saw it yesterday again with my lovely girlfriend, and we saw it in Screen X. Do you guys know what Screen X is? No, what is that? Yeah, I know what that is, but please. Screen X is where they have the main screen in the front of you, and then the sides of the theaters also have projectors oh, on them. Yeah. So you're seeing the the main, you're seeing the movie main in front of you, and then you have kind of extended shots of the film going mm-hmm. inside of you. So, like for example, okay. the beginning of the movie is a not a is a 
quote unquote car chase that takes place. Sure. And so every time like the car drives by, it starts at like the back left corner of your theater, goes all the way across in front of you, and then to the right side corner of your theater. So it's like a huh. huge, it's like okay. a super super wide screen. Like it's like what two hundred seventy degrees wrap around basically. Right. I. I don't know what extent the directors or whoever's involved in how you do these scenes. Todd, maybe you may be more informed on this. Um, mm. But I, it, I, it was the first time I've done this, and it was interesting. I can't say it's the preferred way to do this, because it's not, because it, it isn't. But it was interesting <laughs> to watch this for a, for a throwaway movie like this. I'm like, let's try this. Let's see it in Screen X and see how that goes. And we, I mean, we enjoyed it. It was fine. And it's neat to see kind of the action scenes play out in this kind of expanded format. But I mean, but yeah, that's that's why I wanted to throw it. Mm, all right. Yeah, I am. Uh, well, I, I haven't experienced that, but I, I definitely was at um, uh, CinemaCon one year when, and I actually attended like a presentation. And I think it was before maybe Everest or one of those movies was coming out. One of those like big sort of, yeah. you know, uh, uh, something with spectacle in it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was an intriguing kind of thing. But. You know, the thing that's uh, interesting about it to me is that if the action itself and, and you can maybe speak to this, it's like if the action itself doesn't wrap around you, if it's just a matter of extending the frame up, up either side of the of the wall, then I feel like it doesn't do that much. I mean, like I think it would be pretty interesting if it was like, OK, you actually see. Mike and Marcus on the left-hand side on the left screen and they race into the middle of the frame and then they go to the, to the right, then that might be a really interesting experience. But I feel like having more details where I'm like, Oh, I can see over here. I, like I'm looking out both windows of a car while I'm supposed to be looking out the, the windshield to me, doesn't seem like the most um, maybe productive way to, yeah. to, to I tell mean, a story. I, I mean, I'll tell you this: they 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 nailed the establishing shots. <laughs> like every time there's an establishing shot in Miami, you see all of Miami. You get you. They nailed the hell out of the establishing shots of this movie when it comes to a 270 degree presentation of it. I I I don't disagree with you. I I do think mm-hmm. like there's a future in. The, and I'm sorry for this side tangent about the screen X screening, but I think there's oh, a, you know, we're all about movie magic here. But they're in the same way they're like we're just like we're getting what Quibi which is going to be like where you can watch a you can stream something on your phone and if you turn it like the move the it, the, the format will play differently by having it in horizontal versus vertical yeah we'll see a, i yeah i i'm not saying that's a, a guaranteed success or whatnot but i'm saying as far as filmmakers that are actually adapt or even like just the nature of like binge watching filmmakers adapting to how people are watching something if they're going to do that with like screen x to the point of like having you know, whoever that Robert Zemeckis being like, let me, I'm not just going to make my next movie. I'm going to make it so it actually applies to the format of having the entire theater wrap around you. There's something interesting you could do with that. That's not something that necessarily I, I definitely need in my life. But I do think there's a way to adapt to it. As far as this movie goes, yeah, establishing shots, the car, like the car stuff, you see like the car kind of skirt in and around the, the, the screen, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that final action sequence, which I want to talk more about in general. It it plays neat with like the fact that you have a, a burning building and you have people shooting all over the place and explosions going off. It actually does not necessarily enhance, but certainly gives you a. Given that this is the second time I've seen this movie, so I already know where the beats are going to be. It's like okay, this is this is interesting. It, it's not essential, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the last action sequence then. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I thought I think the the it's a closed off location again, but in the mm-hmm. same way that like. Bad Boys has the giant air, air, air ha- airport hangar shootout, 
and Bad Boys 2 has everything. Um, Cuba, I guess. Is the they have all of Cuba to work with. <laughs> I I like that they're in this like, dilapidated house and I, something that the, the ammo the stuff delivers on. I like that the, there's like a whole teamwork aspect that pays off. And it's not <clears throat> super, super corny like Hobbs and Shaw where they're like, what if we work together? They're actually like working like tactical police officers that know and understand like hand signals and what have you and, you know, going to go through stuff. Yeah. Well, I will say that I do think that like that part of that sequence is really good. Um, I it was like I, by that point, I was not really sure why any character was doing anything in the movie, because it was like uh, this person has asked will has asked Mike Lowry to go to a remote location that's you know of course in classic like Michael Bay form it's like a a very elaborate beautiful you know lovingly uh, disintegrated uh, abandoned hotel and I'm like but what are they what like what do they do like is the idea just a monologue because the Todd, person's the villain what does the poster say ride together die together <laughs> it's right there in the phrase that's why and he's, now that's why and now you them. can fly together. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but but it's like they go there. And I just didn't understand what the villain at that point was really trying to accomplish. Um, and then once the actual like shootout stuff happens, I mean, it's fine. I mean, there. I will say, like, it's obvious that they use a lot more like CGI and stuff than than Michael Bay ever would have. I mean, I think that he would have set Will Smith's head on fire if he could have done that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Don't give him that. ideas. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, you know, notwithstanding that kind of stuff, I mean, there's like a giant helicopter crash, so it's not like it's a, I mean, there's, which I suppose I understand that they can't do. But having watched Transformers last night and seen the CGI of, like, Transformers swatting helicopters out of the sky and crashing... Those look like real helicopters. Like this yeah. was definitely not to that to that level, which you know may just um, be a result of not having as much money, may not be the skill of the filmmakers or whatever it is. But but I mean I think it's a good, it's a you know it's it's one of those things where I thought all the sequences were kind of good, and unfortunately again as I am apparently becoming like a boring dad uh, when it comes to action <laughs> movies. Um, I was sort of like, there's a lot of innocent bystanders who are probably getting hurt right now. Um, and so that was what I think I took away. Well, th- there were thankfully no innocent bystanders in the final sequence. So final that sequence. actually, was I, I think it does a fairly responsible job compared to the previous bad boys. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's my barometer in that regard. Yeah. But they sure. put the grandmother and the, and the son or the daughter in the one room in bad boys too. So they're safe. Yeah, that and then they up. blow up the house, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the here's like that's the other thing, Todd. I mean, you were making a third Bad Boys movie after Bad Boys Two, which is as I often describe the most Bay. Like it's the most he's done as far as every sense of his inhib- like his inhibitions are just freed, even more so than Transformers because he gets to go full R rated with Bad Boys Two. Like it has, ev- and I guess Six Underground is the next best step in that if you want to see. Have you seen Six Underground yet? By I have not yet, and I haven't either. Okay. I have not. Yeah, like speaking of, speaking of like getting older and evolving, Bay has not evolved for necessarily the better as far as his sensibilities involving humor or violence, and in often cases, Six Underground both to combined. Uh, it's sounds <laughs> he, like an immediate watch. He's he's not he's not he's not calmed down as far as what he thinks is funny, even though it's seventeen years after Bad Boys Two. 
Right. Um, but what I'm saying is for this movie, it's like it has to like blend this mix of, well, let's make it the biggest action scene we can, but we're not going to top Bad Boys 2, which had like 40 more million dollars in this movie I had to spend sure. on the movie to begin with. Like it, That's not an excuse because, yes, it does come down to what the filmmakers you know can put together and what have you. But I, I, I see where they're like their heads at as far as, well, we need to deliver a giant action scene at the end. We can't go to Cuba like the previous movie did, but we'll do what we can. What, what I'll say about the last action sequence is that I like the way that some of its choreography was done, um, especially the part with uh, Alexander Ludwig. Um, and I kind of wish there was more of it, which is just wide shot and not like nonstop, but at least something that was clear enough for you to see what was going on. But there's just so many people. I, I, there's not an editing thing through. in this as far as the action. Like I, it's, seen, it's not. You, you, it's, you've seen herky jerky action scenes. Yo, oh, yeah. Like yeah. It, it, again, it's not bad. It's just more that, oh, wow, it looks like you guys are doing something here. And, you know, it, 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 again, it's not terrible, but I, I did like the way that they did uh, some of it. So you know in any case, great? you know, what's great. Um, Joe, Joe Pants. Joe, Joe Pants is always great. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but we haven't seen him very often in a while. So it's like, oh, Joe Pants is here and he's having a, he's having a good time. He even has some messages to deliver. He certainly does. And it's not anything like lame like Woosa. It's more just like, hey, Mike's my son, so I take this personally. And I was like, oh, I like this Joe Pants. Mm-hmm. I like every Joe Pants. This is true. I, although, I do miss Joe Pants shooting basketballs. That's 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 what I well, miss. Well, his, his, his niece or whatever, and he's like, yeah. he's, got the, he's got the family jeans because he's missing <laughs> yeah. the shots too. It's funny. Um, anything else on, uh, on Bad Boys for Life? I think we've delved into this pretty, pretty far. We've gotten some good temperature. I, I said, um, what was it like to, to echo, uh, Todd here? I did think, I did like, uh, Paula Nunez, the, uh, the love interest for yeah. Will Smith. I think this was a nice, uh, I, I don't know that I'd seen her in much or anything before, but I, she was definitely, uh, pretty commanding little role there. And maybe this is a little, break out more stuff for her but i i was particularly impressed by her yeah i had not seen her in anything before and she absolutely uh um you know i think she has she has real authority and i think they do a good job of making her uh you know while she of course is appropriately attractive for a a sub michael bay you know movie or whatever i do Mm -hmm. think that like she actually has real presence and she's she's a character that you can take seriously like i was you know it's one of those things where it's not like oh well they put rosie huntington whiteley in there and she's the new chief of police and you're like okay get the hell out of here (laughs) (laughs) you know like i found out that she's i mean i think she's like 40 or 41 or something like that and i'm like that's kind of shockingly quote-unquote old for a love interest of of any male lead character to begin with, but she's, she's a, I mean, she's like a real actress, uh, you know? And so I thought, you know, she's, I thought she was really terrific. Mm-hmm. And this was actually her first English language role, I believe. So, oh, damn. What do we think of the villains, right? We didn't talk about the villains at all. Uh, any, they're good too. They, they showed, uh, the, the guy, um, doing some like really quick knife work in the opening. And then yeah. ne- that never came back. Yeah. That's because he only had to do it once to prove that he could do it. I suppose yeah. so. <laughs> you, you just know he's fast at that. Point. No, yeah, you know that he's good with like his his knife skill hands. And I mean, he's it's just a, it, it's a, for the rest of the movie. And he's really good at shooting people from motorcycles. Yeah. Like, we see that a lot. Yeah. Well, he had a cool stunt move first. It's a, it's yeah, a you, terrific like don't mess with this guy introduction though. I will give it that. I was right. like, oh crap, he's gonna be tough. And then like he never pulled his knives out again. Well, he I, did. Well, he yeah. did once, but nothing happened. Yeah, the, the other thing is, um, I was like, his 
his little hideaway is really open. It's just there. He's just always on a laptop with like open doors to like, you know, all of his stuff. Because he's on the move. Yeah, and he's got Nicky Jam protecting him. So what's he got to worry about? (laughs) 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 All right. Um, Well, with all that in mind, when should people go and see Bad Boys for Life? Brandon? Oh, nice matinee price of the theater. It's a good time. I think it's fun. Todd? Uh, I would I would probably agree with that, but I would definitely say get it while it's in the theaters because it won't ever be as fun, uh, even no matter at what level you like it. I think it will never be as fun as going to see it in a theater while there are other people there. Because like sitting at home, I just don't think this movie has the. I I, I don't think it will have the same life, you know, the same life on screen. Right. right. Hey. Yeah, there certainly is an energy or presence to the theater, but I'd say that you could wait. This is an HBO movie. I had fun. I, yeah, good to see the matinee. I, I was impressed go. by the bad boys. For life. Well, for this time, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's right. a good fourth one title: The Bad Boys. The Bad Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on now. Let's get to a four what, bad uh... four boys. That's four, yeah. I, I was, yeah. I'm trying to align it to like the Fast and Furious franchise. Of... <laughs> well, if or you like the Fast put... and Furious, if you like the Fast and Furious, it's going to be bad and boys. That's what yeah. It's with an or you have. Fan. Bad Boys and the Y in Boys is a four. Yeah. There you go. Bad Boys. And then Bad Boys 5, the, the S at the end of Boys yeah. is a five. Because I'm just going lame here. <laughs> or just be Bad Five. Bad Five. Bad Five, yes. Bad Five, Bad Six, and Boy Seven. Mm-hmm. All right. And the Fate of the Boys, of course. Fate of the, right. yeah, fate of the Boys. <laughs> fate of the Boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's move on. Hey, what what time is it now? Time for a couple games here. That's actually the song they use at the spa day. Yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah, what you, yeah. I've got a quick game for you guys here, uh, just to warm everybody up. It is box office versus. This is where I will name a movie that Will Smith or Martin Lawrence has starred in or been in, and uh, you have to choose which one made more money at the box office between those two. But be careful, because if you're wrong, then obviously somebody's going to get the right answer right after you. So we buzz in to say which one I think made more money. Correct. Domestic? U.S. domestic only. Not adjusted for inflation. First things first. The Legend of Bagger Vance or Black Knight? Brandon. Brandon. Black Knight? Black Knight is correct. Oh, wow. 33 million versus 30.6 million. Uh, next one here. Well, the, the problem was that he wasn't shooting the ball straight in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> next one here. Wild Wild West or Wild Hogs? Aaron. Aaron. I'm going to say Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs is correct. 168 million versus 113 million. How is there not a second Wild Hogs movie? <laughs> <laughs> they got to get to I'm doing Wa- Wilder Hogs. Too Wild, Two Hogs. <laughs> uh, next one here. Ali... Versus Blue Streak. Brandon. Brandon. Blue Streak. Blue Streak is right, yeah. I feel like I get a pattern million. of this game. <laughs> 68 million versus 58 million. Uh, next one here. Enemy of the State or Big Mama's House? Brandon. Brandon. Big Mama's House? Big Mama's House is correct. <laughs> 117 versus 111. Aaron, I answer with the Martin Lawrence once you answer with the Wilson. <laughs> Uh, the next one here, do the right thing versus collateral beauty. 
Mm. Mm. Oh, uh, Todd. Todd. Do the right thing. That is incorrect. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Collateral beauty. Collateral beauty. Thirty-one million versus twenty-six million. Uh, Todd, you got to wait for the Joey Pants movies. <laughs> I didn't hear for like I was I was missing for about five. I just heard incorrect and then I didn't hear anything. So. <laughs> Uh, the next one here, Big Mama's House 2 or 7 Pounds? Brandon. Brandon. Big Mama's House 2. By a hair, 70 million versus 69.9 million. And the last one here, Focus versus Life. Not, Aaron. not the latest life. Aaron. Yeah. yeah, I figured the latest life. I'm going to say life. Focus. That is incorrect. Brandon. Brandon. Life. Life, 64 versus 54. Brandon, run away there. Five versus uh, two there. Uh, now we move on to the real game. The real game is third entry names only. This is where I'm going to name a, a movie series, and if you buzz in with your name and tell me the third name of the title, that'd be uh, that's how you get the point. So the third entry of the film, that's what you're asking for? So yeah. part three. Part three, exactly. So if I were to say Back to the Future, it's Back to the Future part three. Got First it. First one here, the Before Trilogy. Aaron. Aaron. Before Midnight. That is correct. Next one here. Austin Powers. Brandon. Brandon. Austin Powers in Goldmember. That's a great full title. Next one here. The Trilogy of the Dead. Brandon. Aaron. Aaron. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead is correct. George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The next one here. The Dollars Trilogy. Brandon. Brandon. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's correct. Next one here. The Mariachi Trilogy. Aaron. Todd. Aaron. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That is correct. Next one here. Terminator. Brandon. Brandon. Terminator uh, 3, Colon Rise of the Machines. There you go. I'm hearing you, Todd, by the way. I'm hearing you too, Todd. (laughs) Uh, The next one here. The Millennium Trilogy. Brandon. Nope. Brandon. Uh, the uh, girl who kicked the hornet's nest. That is correct. Uh, Blade? Aaron. Brandon. Aaron. Blade Trinity. Blade Trinity. Pirates of the Caribbean. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, at world's end. Yeah, that's correct. And the last one here, The Naked Gun. Brandon. Brandon. The Naked Gun, 33... And a third, the final truth. That is correct. Uh, Todd, naked Todd. gun, thirty-three and a third, the final insult. Insult. Hey. That was it. Todd. Todd there wins. You go. You're on the board, Todd. And with that, Aaron, it was a tight one, but you you snuck out on uh, winning third entry names only. All right. The Millennium Trilogy. I didn't see that coming. Millennium Trilogy. Well, I will uh, say you the the dead the the dead trilogy and land of the dead is a fourth movie it's not really a trilogy is it right no, so i consider land the fourth one but there's many people that for some reason don't think it is mm-hmm. well our, i the thing is our, I, my brain i would have gotten it wrong because i would have said land of the dead but i think it's because I, my in, in the framing of it i was like oh yeah it's uh that's not a trilogy i mean so. pirates aren't a trilogy either yeah that, that's like got eight entries 
I mean, wouldn't the Dead series have wouldn't Survival and Island of the Dead be in? They, they technically well? called the trilogy part just the first three, so the Day of the Dead is the last one. And also, oh, I, mean, this, I, I get that. I get yeah. this. I mean, in terms of third entry in a series, I get that. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not I, saying these are trilogies to begin with. I just looking at these movies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why the name is the name of the game isn't called like trilogies only. It's third entry. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the game, Abe. You're welcome. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers. Uh, Brandon, Todd, feel free to jump in with any answers you may have as we uh, go through these. Uh, first one we have here. What are some great cop movie partnerships? Justin writes, Lethal Weapon, Bad Boys, Turner and Hooch, Hot Fuzz, the other guys, and I'm not sure 48 hours counts. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it counts. Yeah. Uh, Chris has two guns. Hot, remember two guns? Hot fuzz, <laughs> lethal weapon. And Todd Liebenau, friend of the show, has if the men in black count as cops, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. They are special agents. I think they count. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're protecting the world from the scum of the universe. Yeah. How, how about Blue Streak? Speaking of Blue Streak, Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke yeah. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> what What'd you say, Todd? About Blue Streak. Todd, what'd you say about Blue Streak? He's got a criminal mind. He can't help it. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Todd? He's on his way to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Sorry. Was there a question? Yeah. What'd you say about Blue Streak? I was just saying that I think that uh, I was like actually I, th- I think that's a pretty fun movie. I haven't seen I, it in a long time, but I remember it, enjoying it. You know, it's, it's and I my, think that like Luke Wilson plays like a uh, he one of his real skills is playing like a like a like a dumb guy real well. Like I mean, he's just really good at like that. Like wow, oh yeah, wow. You know, it's it's uh yeah. it's it's a pretty good. Um, he gets that performance a couple times. He does it in Charlie's Angels and does it in Blue Streak, and uh, he's good. He's good. I. I've often said Blue Streak is one of my favorite like TBS movies where like it's on. Oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> like it's Blue Streak, sure. Him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chappelle, like whatever. <laughs> why not? Yeah. What's the next question? The next question is who are some or who are some stylish action movie characters? Frank Martin, Justin writes Neo, Jim West uh, from Wild Wild West. If we didn't know, uh, Professor Mark Coben has Bond, James Bond. And lastly, William Hale. Uh, I don't wonder if uh, he goes by Bill, but William Hale writes, any movie starring Jason Satham? LOL. I think I heard a Desperado in there. Desperado? I'm, I didn't hear the question. Stylish movie action characters. Yeah, I mean, you guys cover a lot of good ones, so. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think of any more. I mean, Caster Troy... <laughs> He's pretty, you know, he's got those two guns and a nice suit. The beginning they're of the face gold. Yeah, they're gold guns. Gold-plated guns. And, you know, he's, you know, before he... He's, he's got chiclets in his little box of uh, drugs. Before he, you know, gets that accident um, that happens, he, he's, you know, he feels like he's living in the top, living living his best life. In that movie. Now, what, what machine do you think that they had secretly in the back? The face-off machine. Oh, 25 cents, right? Yeah. Pop a quarter in the face-off machine. All right. Next question. Which other movie character duos do you consider to be bad boys? David writes Bush and Cheney in Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Justin has the Boondock Saints. Oh, Jesus. Bad boys, <laughs> bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, has Penguin and, Rid- R- Penguin and Riddler from Gotham. And Todd has Jay and Silent Bob. They are bad boys. Character duos that you consider to be bad boys. Uh-huh. Mm. Jason and Freddy. Freddy versus Jason. I mean, they've got a lot of puns in that movie. And their camaraderie is second enough. Off the charts. <laughs> uh, alien and Predator and Alien versus Predator. <laughs> you're, getting, you're not doing duos. You're giving me verses. <laughs> but they work yeah, together. But, but they they, they, share, stop... they yeah. share some frames. They've got to sure. stop the Pred alien in Requiem. Yeah, bad, bad Batman and Superman. You know, one's branding people and the other crashes buildings on top of people. So they're, you know, they're pretty mm-hmm. bad boys. Exactly, yeah. And they eventually become friends. Anything Super- for you, Todd? I don't know. My brain is kind of shut down, unfortunately. No, <laughs> all good, all good. I got one. I got yeah. one. Um, Billy Bob Thornton and Tony Cox in Bad Santa. There you go. The next question is... They're bad boys. <laughs> what are some movies you like... They use Miami as a setting. Mark has Scarface. Eric writes Miami Vice, the movie. Uh, Catherine has one of my favorites, Birdcage. Justin has already said the Birdcage, but Ace Ventura, Scarface, and uh, wasn't a Step Up movie in Miami? I think it might have been Step Up 3. The worst one. No, no, it's Step Up Revolution takes place in Miami. All right, listen, there is no person on on this panel board more knowledgeable about Step Up movies than me. It's Step Up Revolution. That is the fourth one. It is not the worst one. Step Up Five is the worst one by far. No, Aaron, you didn't win the disagree. Game. No, disagree. no, hard disagree. Step hard, up all yeah. in is not the worst. The step up revolution. My, my biggest issue with revolution was the bad, the bad direction. The chore- like there's yeah. great choreography and I can't see it in that movie. No. Damn, we we're gonna have to have a fight here. Todd <laughs> <laughs> has Jerry Lewis's directorial debut in The Bellboy, and of course, Police Academy Five, Assignment Miami Beach. Jeff writes Pain and Gain, and Chris uh, Chris writes Miami Vice, Pain and Gain, something about Mary, but the classic mentioned by Catherine has to be the birdcage. And lastly, Ben has Reno 911, Miami. This is some good movies set in Miami that people have named. I mean, yeah, except for that fourth step up movie, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. I'll say this. this you're, you're the first person I know, and as a fa- as a fan of the Step Up series, I, you're the first person I've heard that really likes Step Up for Re- Re- Revolution. It's very good. What you don't know is they were they were quoting uh, Todd and RogerEbert.com for the Step Up movies as well. I'm sure they were. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot something about Mary was in Miami, by the way, and that is a very good comedy. I'm a very big fan of some of those. Mary. Oh, yeah. Miami Blues is very good. Ooh, hey, yeah, Miami Blues. Fred, uh, uh, yeah. Fred Ward, Alec Baldwin. I like that one. George hey. Armitage, director of uh, Gross Point Blank. My favorite movie. Um, <laughs> let's see. What's your favorite non-Tony Stark Robert Downey Jr. performance? In relation to Doolittle? Just in general. I just like oh. talking about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, Scott writes Zodiac. Justin has less than zero. Chaplin and Weird Science, but not because of him. Okay. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I because I do think he actually gives a really good performance in Weird Science. I like I did, like he's really funny in that movie. But the question was his performance, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote less than zero in Chaplin, so you know he got. But the then he, 
then he added weird science because you know play, not play because some, of Robert Downey not Jr. because of him though playing some pots and swirly things I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> who's with who's the other like bully in weird science um, the, he's the guy who was who plays uh, the boyfriend in Nightmare uh, Nightmare on Elm Street um, who 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 like gets arrested for Tina's death I can't remember that uh, Robert Rustler that's his name Robert Rustler's in Elm Street too he's uh, Jesse's friend Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, everybody wishes they had Jesse's girl. Thank you, Abe. Jesse uh, doesn't like the girls, though. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's nightmare. That's nightmare two for you. Um, Todd Liebenau has Tropic Thunder, Chaplin, and Weird Science. He came up again. I didn't see that coming. But and for I, Robert Downey Jr. But for Robert Downey Jr. this time, yeah. Uh, Christopher has Sherlock Holmes, The Singing Detective, U.S. Marshals. Weird science. Weird science. <laughs> and fur, an imaginary portrait of Diane Arbus. Uh, Michael Lee, friend of the show, has Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Chris has Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Christine has Heart and Soul. And Alana has Chaplin. So, no US, new U.S. Marshals? It, yep, no, Christopher had one. U.S. Marshals. It was in there. Yeah. Natural oh, Killers. Okay. He's good. Natural Killer. Natural, yeah, as Australian paparazzi guy. Not paparazzi, <laughs> just like just reporter, just journalist. Hard copy. It's like a hard copy kind of guy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's great in that. Um, I like he his... Is, he, I was going to say, ahead. he is very... Wonder Boys, he's great. Yeah. Um, nice. The Singing Detective is. That's really good. I remember um, uh, that was where I interviewed him, and I got him to sign my copy of Weird Science. True story. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Uh, but, he's, he, you know, I would Did say the you... last really great performance he gave was probably Zodiac, though. I I liked his performance. Uh, two girls and a guy. A movie that was shot on the fly to have something for him before he went to prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shows a real good range of what he can do. It, I mean, it's simply set in an apartment. It's basically like a stage play, but it's pretty damn good in it. It'd be great yeah. to see that range again someday. That'd be. A nice oh, I of really, even though Sherlock Holmes is clearly like a riff on. Um, Tony Stark. Like I actually really, I like those movies a lot. I do too. I think, mm-hmm. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, am a fan of those. Movies. He, I will see, stuff. If Marvel hadn't like locked him up in a way that pirates didn't Johnny Depp, it looked like he was possibly headed in that direction. But well, it, if the judge movies? was, if the judge wasn't a pile of crap, that might have helped. Oh. Too. <laughs> but you see, Aaron, there was a literal storm and a <laughs> metaphorical storm at the same time. Isn't it great that the brother character who is playing like some kind of challenged but is not Jeremy Strong is now like the star of succession and he's like awesome and doing like he's also like things. a blunt in uh in in um what's damn what's that Adam McKay movie uh in any in case the big short the big short thank you oh, uh, the next question wait wait yeah. till you see next week's movie but anyway go keep going there's two questions left the next question is what's your favorite talking animal performance Chris has definitely Babe Talking performance or talking animal performance movies, guys? Obviously, it's Michael J. Fox as Stuart Little. Mm, that's pretty. He drives a car. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> you you act like that's that's immediately apparent to all of humanity. Well, obviously, don't, it's don't, Michael don't, J. Fox as Stuart Little. Don't be um, mad that I jumped in and answered the question before you could with that exact answer. Well, that wasn't going to be my answer. Um, well, not not anymore. Is it? And you can't prove a wrong. No, Aaron. <laughs> I've never seen Stuart Little. <laughs> um, you're missing out uh, on a good Hugh Laurie. 
You know what? Yeah. I haven't seen Stuart Little either. I've only seen the trailers. What? I, I can't handle this much Michael J. Fox in just two minutes. Why would I watch a whole 90-minute thing? <laughs> obviously too great for me. Todd, what were you going to add? Well, I don't know how much it actually speaks, but there is a little monkey that's in George of the Jungle who like communicates with George, and that is pretty much one of my favorite things I've ever seen in any movie of, of all time. Um, so the monkey, and not, it might, John, not, not John Cleese is like the gorilla, but the little monkey. Character. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the cappuccino pretty much, you know, I have a, I, I, I may have shared this before on a podcast is that I have an unofficial rule is that any movie with a monkey in it automatically gets a one star bump. Um, and wow. that movie is other than George's jungle being like sort of woefully underrated. Like it's it got the monkey and it's and that monkey is so good. It's great. It's great. Um, and I don't know if they actually like sweeten its like interactions with like a little voice, but I seem to remember that they did. And I and I and I like it. When you say any movie with a monkey, do you mean specifically monkeys or like are apes involved in this too? Um, you know, I mean it. It's most apes are involved as well, but I mean, what I'm, like, a, what I'm asking is, where do you stand on Dunstan checks in? I mean, that's a one star movie. Okay. You know, I've never seen it, but it's, it's Damn. Uh, you know, what I've oh, actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. I've seen some of it and what I've seen constitutes a one star movie. And that is a bump up of one star with, uh, because it has a monkey. In it. Well, what about monkey trouble featuring Thor Birch, a capuchin monkey as a thief and Harvick Hytel as a gypsy that owned the monkey? Well, uh, you know, everybody's got to get paid. So let's not, let's not bad mouth Harvey Keitel. but, um, but it's, it's not a good movie either. So what about jungle, the jungle with, uh, Martin short and, uh, Tim Allen. I don't think there are any monkeys in that movie. Uh, why are you why are you ruining this conversation we're having? <laughs> Last question. Uh, what are some what are some movie what are some movies big stars should have just said no to doing? Jeff says everyone in Battlefield Earth. Uh, Renee has everyone in movie forty one or forty seven or whatever the f it's called. Uh, Todd has uh, Anthony Hopkins in Transformers: The Last Night. And lastly, Chris has Robert De Niro in The Family or Dirty Grandpa and Tom Hanks in The Lady Killers. I mean, the Coens approach you, you say yes, right? Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, it's not it's a bad movie, but um, I could understand why someone would always say yes to the Coen brothers. Um, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And like replicating, I guess he's Alec Guinness's character in that movie. Uh, I mean, that's. You know. I mean, I think Tom Hanks is good in that movie. I just it's a it's a bad movie. So yeah, you know. that's the that's the problem. It's not him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say this: Anthony Hopkins in the Last Night. That movie's awful, and it's like Anthony Hopkins is the one thing that makes it tolerable. Like I was, I could at least watch the movie because of Anthony Hopkins being not just well, like in say. it for a scene. He's not just in it for a scene. He's in it for like the whole movie. He's, which he's a strong part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was what I was going to say, uh, you know, having just watched Transformers, one of the things that we were marveling about is or marveling at, excuse me, is that, you know, Michael Bay somehow inexplicably can get, you know, um, uh, Kelsey Grammer can get John Turturro, these people who are genuine icons of of acting as a craft and and as a talent to be in a movie where they are bickering with racist robots and in John Turturro's case rips his pants off to be wearing like a, an American flag thong. And you're just like, 
I don't know what amount of money they, <laughs> but like for better or for worse, John Turturro is committing to this with kind of not only admirable, but kind of a frightening level of commitment. He know? also gets robot pee in his face. Oh my Lord. <laughs> and he climbs the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> That's just that's just neat so that, that that we had. There's a Transformers movie. Where One of America's cool. greatest actors, John Turturro. So someone was allowed to climb on the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> and that was feedback, feedback, feedback. Yes. All right. Let's move. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get a little out now. Presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, and all that this week. Uh, Feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. First up is a Zombieland Double Tap. It's fine. Uh, can I give it a meh? Yeah. Okay, that's where I'm at. All right. Adam's family's out this week. Brandon's kids liked it. Fine. <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh, the Oscar-nominated Pain and Glory is out this week. Big yay for me. Good things. I didn't see that one. Uh, Black and Blue is out this week. I saw that movie. That was with uh, Tyrese and uh, Naomi Harris. With, uh, cop movie. I liked it. I thought it was good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That already came out. Oh, all right. It, well, it's Smith's thing where it's like he does kind of a road show of his movies now instead of giving it like a proper release. Oh, I see. Because no and one wants it, to put them out. And yep, that's a big part of it. <laughs> I um I, I was in the middle of this one. I haven't finished watching it yet because I have to review the Blu-ray. It's not good. Ooh, <laughs> bummer. Which all one right. is this? Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, that's that's surprising. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Last one. Countdown. What? What's Ten, that? Nine. That was the horror eight. movie on, with the app on the phone. Oh yeah. right. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna give that a no. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a pass. Um, especially on Criterion this week is a Le Petit Soldat for Criterion fans out there. Okay. And uh, Sliding Doors. Gets a shout mm. factory. What a outro movie? That's a yay. I, lo- yeah. I used to love that movie. Yeah. Okay. I will also give us a, a shout out for uh, Holiday, the uh, the movie that Criterion released maybe a week or two ago. That's yeah, uh, that Eric Grant and yeah. Catherine Hepburn, and that movie is so good. I discovered it randomly, you know, four or five years ago, and it's it's really fantastic, and it's 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 worth rediscovering because it's it's just so charming. Yeah, I didn't get that disc to review, but that's one that's on my, like, one whenever we get the next Barnes & Noble sale or whatever. Same. February usually has a 24-hour sale. Oh. Yeah. Uh, new to streaming this week. On Netflix, we have Tyler Perry's A Fall from Grace. I've I've seen the Twitter roasting that movie already. Yep. Uh, let's see. Also out, Leslie Jones, Time Machine. Cool. I'm glad. New stand-up special for Leslie Jones. And lastly, this year I just wanted to write the description because it made me laugh. Uh, it's called Aries. It's a Nether- It's like a series from the Netherlands. The description is, reads as follows: Dutch students in Amsterdam accidentally open a portal to a demonic world from the Dutch Golden Age. Uh, that sounds mm. weird. You say this is called but... Aries. Right. It's called Aries. Yes. I'm writing it down to go watch. Marking it down now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on Amazon this week, uh, Troop Zero. So with uh, Viola Davis, Allison Janney, uh, McKenzie's in here too. Yeah, uh, I, I started McKenna watching Grace, this. Yeah. yeah, McKenna Grace. Yeah, I started watching this, but I didn't finish it. It looks like a nice movie. I wanted to watch it at some point. Yeah, because I know it was like a festival hit. I think, or like at least it played at festivals. It never got mm-hmm. like a 
It got kind of a day and date release. Um, also out, let's see, Russell Peters deported for fans of Russell Peters, the comedian, and oh. uh, Rob Delaney, Jackie for Rob Delaney fans. Does oh, stand up. Uh, all right, next week's show. Next, that's a that's an hour. So it's on now. Next week's show, we're doing the gentleman, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Oh boy, featuring Jeremy Strong among others, many others. Mm-hmm. He's actually a fairly small role, all things considered. But um, <laughs> last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next, Brandon? What should people see in theaters right now? Uh, 1917. Um, yeah. Uh, as for next, I will probably see one of. <laughs> gentlemen or turning next weekend mm-hmm. all right todd what do people see in theaters right now uh if uncut gems is still out they should definitely go see that um if it's not they should definitely go see little women which i thought was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. um 1917 is also exceptional they re-released uh once upon a time in hollywood in theaters and uh, as i defended it last year in july when i came on and uh, was thoroughly obnoxious um, for Aaron and <laughs> Abe's benefit. Um, I will once again champion it as uh, one of the best films of the year, if not maybe the best. Um, Wait, Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood needed defending? Well, no, uh, but, but it was... Apparently. We had a spirited discussion about the movie. <laughs> oh, all right. It was my number one of the year. So you know, Mine too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but we'll yes. See you next time. Uh, um, you know what? I'm not sure. I, uh, I have a long, uh, I have a, I have a big stack of titles that I've just been trying to like get through and watch. I need to catch up on a lot of, um, sort of Oscar and award nominated films. Pain and glory is one that's a, I was going to say, uh, that pain and glory. Yeah. yeah I really want to see that. Um, like I said, I, I still need to see marriage story. So I, I, oh, I need wow. to, you know, um, but, uh, I don't, have uh any screenings necessarily lined up but it might be uh birds of prey possibly hmm. all right cool. yeah definitely recommend 1917 if you haven't seen it um everything that talked about and next i'm gonna try and catch uh, what aaron talked about earlier weathering with you uh in addition to the gentleman all right uh yeah uncut gems 1917 and little women were all the ones that i'd say as far as kind of big releases that are out there currently and um, I'm seeing Greed next. This is the new uh, Steve Coogan, Michael Winterbottom film. Uh, <laughs> in, in between the trip movies, I guess, is where we're at. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Heard oh. good things. I might go see The Turning. See how that goes, Brandon. With, uh, oh. Some some January, some more January horror, which there's been a lot of <laughs> this month, actually. But anyway. Word got out. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Third and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my written reviews end up over there, as well as on wisebluecom for upcoming criteria interviews, because I really need to get on some of those. And um, I'm writing at We Live Entertainment as well. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Find more fun stuff on my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag, I'm your Uncle Marcus. <laughs> uh, Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you? Uh, you find me at whysoblue.com for my written stuff, and Cult Cinema Cavalcade is my podcast, uh, cultcinemacavalcade.com. Todd Gilchrist, where can people find more of your work? You know, I write for Nerdist, um, so you can find my writing there. Um, I've actually done a few features uh, throughout awards season for Variety as well, um, uh, for some of the contenders categories. Um, but you can find me on uh, Twitter, at uh, MT Gilchrist, and you can find me on Instagram, at Todd. <laughs> All right. You can find all of the other episodes of Out Now, Third Name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Sounds loud, Podomatic, HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, Facebook.com slash Podcast or Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. And, of course, our Instagram page, which we're, of course, going to change to OutNow Best Dressed Podcast. Ad. <laughs> See how that goes. But no, yeah. it's at OutNow out underscore podcast. You can find, you know, mm-hmm. our random Instagrammings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, my, my lawyers are sending you a cease and desist right now. <laughs> oh, but what if we dress up in, like, super bomb-ass suits? As long as you're wearing rayon... Uh, <laughs> mock turtlenecks then i will i'll let it go but right. uh, but that's, right. that's the rule so. <laughs> time, time to get our picture together Abe. exactly <laughs> it's, it's been a minute since we got a picture together so. <laughs> um that's gonna do it for this week's episode uh thank you brandon and todd for joining us this thank evening. you brandon thank you Todd. Right, thank you guys yeah and uh, until next week that's gonna be so until then so long and goodbye Se rompemos, al otro día volvemos. Tú sabes cómo lo hacemos, baby. Baby, the nice like fuego. We bought the spin of dinero. We party to the extremo, baby. Toda la noche rompemos, al otro día volvemos. Tú sabes cómo lo hacemos, baby. Have I outgrown? I mean, I was like, am I the Danny Glover uh, uh, of, of, of Buddy? Have I gotten too old for this shit?